Greetings, friends around the world. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Bible News Prophecy Channel. Did you know that a Eurasian Union is rising? Have you ever even heard of an organization called the Eurasian Union? And what does Bible prophecy teach? Does it tell us anything about what's going to happen to nations such as Russia, or those of Central Asia, China, and many who are in the area that is sometimes called Eurasia? Well, the idea of a Eurasian Union, uh, exactly, at least the one that they're now talking about, was first proposed by President of uh, Kazakhstan, who was president in uh, 1994. His name was Nursultan Nazarbayev. He sort of proposed it, but didn't really go anywhere. Then, over in Russia, then Prime Minister uh, Vladimir Putin, oh, he had been president, then he became Prime Minister, and now he's president of, of Russia again. Well, in a speech in October of 2011, he proposed having a Eurasian Union. Also, there's another organization called the Shanghai Cooperative Organization, or the SCO, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. Now, this involves uh, Russia, uh, China, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, and Kyrgyzstan. And it's also been proposed that uh, India and some others will become part of this. And that's more of a military organization, whereas this, Euro this Eurasian Union has been proposed as initially as more of a, an economic union. I have some uh, a speech that Vladimir Putin gave. Vladimir Putin gave a speech in Russian, so I've, what I'm going to read will be machine translated because I, I don't read Russian and I can't really do it. But here's what he said. He says, we, we want to set an ambitious goal to get to the next higher level of integration, the Eurasian Union. He says, we're not talking about having the Soviet Union reform again, is what he's saying. That's not what we're going to do. He says, this is a powerful supranational. That means supranational. National means it crosses over borders. Union, capable of becoming one of the poles of the modern world to play an effective link between Europe and the dynamic Asia-Pacific region. And they want to share coordination of economic and monetary policy as well as uh, uh, other things to create full-fledged economic union. It says that we've got resources in order to do this and that the Eurasian Union will serve as a center for future integration. So this is proposed. Uh, it's, a, it's actually a fairly small group, but he, it, the intention was to make it for future integration. Now, of course, it wasn't the president of uh, Kazakhstan nor the Prime Minister of Russia who first suggested some type of Eurasian Union would form. Actually, that comes from the Bible. But I'd like to read something that the late Herbert Armstrong wrote in 1980. He says, Gog and the land of Magog, the vast regions of the USSR. And he continues, and he talks about uh, Magog, Meshach, Tubal, identified in Genesis 10 as the sons of Japheth, the father of the Eurasians. So this idea about Eurasians has been around. And actually, even a decade further, in 1972, Herbert Armstrong talked about woes and uh, during the day of the eternal in Joel, 20, excuse me, Joel 2, verse 4. So this refers to a tremendous military power also to the north, due north. They come with an army of 200 million. Think of it, an army of 200 million. World events are now moving rapidly to make possible a communist Eurasian 
army of that unbelievable manpower. Well, while this 200 million man army will not necessarily be communist, when Herbert Armstrong wrote this, uh, the Soviet Union was communist and China, who still calls, considers herself communist, were out there. Now, what's going on now is that it's been proposed and agreed to by Belarus, Kazakhstan, and Russia to have a formal agreement in place by 2015 for them to be part of what they're calling the Eurasian Union. Now you say, wait a second, Russia's fairly big, okay, you've heard of that, Belarus kind of small, Kazakhstan doesn't seem to be particularly significant. How can three little, two little countries plus a big one amount to much? Well, over in Europe, we've got the European Union, and that actually grew out of the Benelux nations. Who are those? Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg. Uh, well, the Netherlands has got a fairly large population. Uh, the other two lands are not that big. And it wasn't a very large organization. And now that's morphed into various regenerations of it. And now we have the European Union with 28 nations and cover a territory with more people than the United States and bigger overall economic impact in the world or production than, than the United States. Again, they only started with three little countries and over in the Eurasian Union, they've got more land because uh, Russia's fairly large. So we're gonna see that as Vladimir Putin said, this was supposed to be something that would help grow into something further. And some have said it, that it stretches from the Polish border to the Pacific. The new Eurasian Union will be the nucleus of a larger transnational entity. They're coordinating their militaries. And Putin is pushing for more coordination of their security services. And they're also hoping to get Armenia, Georgia, uh, Kyrgyzstan, Moldova, Tajikistan, and Ukraine uh, in the future. And we'll talk about that in a moment. A Eurasian Union that evolves into a Russian sphere of influence would adopt a mercantilist approach to the global economy. It will likely monopolize regional security. And it says that uh, one of the key institutions of the Eurasian Union is something called the Eurasian Com Commission, which was launched in July of 2012. And it's similar to the Commission for the European Union. But did you know about all this? All this has been going on. But over in the West, we don't tend to pay as much attention to what goes on in uh, the Central Asian republics. But a, a group is forming over there. Now, interestingly, in December 2012, uh, Vladimir Putin, president of uh, Russia currently, uh, as I do this in, uh, in August of 2013, he was going to attend a EU-Russia summit in Brussels in December of 2012, and he said he wanted to be there as the leader, or a leader, excuse me, of the Eurasian Union, not just as the president of, of Russia. And when he got there, he talked about the Eurasian economic integration between Russia, Belarus, and Kazakhstan. I watched his speech, it was translated in English for me. And his visit, his meaning Vladimir Putin's visit to uh, Azerbaijan on August 14th, 2013, one of the things he's supposed to be doing there is to try to persuade those in that region, in that country, to become part of this Eurasian Union. 
a group is being formed. Now, while China isn't part of the Eurasian Union, it is part of the uh, Shanghai Cooperation Organization, uh, Russia's been taking steps to come up with military agreements with China uh, and others. Also, Russia has been talking to Pakistan, uh, uh, North Korea, and India. Matter of fact, Russia provides most of the arms to India, and while people in India are producing more of their own weapons, and matter of fact, they produced their first aircraft carrier. It's not completely ready, but they are actually ahead of the Chinese in producing their own indigenous aircraft carrier. Uh, Russia assisted them with previous aircraft carriers. So we're seeing over in the Eurasian region additional economic cooperation and military cooperation. Uh, others have said that this, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization and the proposed Eurasian Union are trying to get Russia and China together to bring everybody under, underneath them and hopefully improve the economies of Central Asia. Now they want to get the Ukraine in this union. Now the Ukraine is on the edge of Russia and Europe. It's considered a, a part of Europe. But there's an, an issue there. Ukraine plans to sign a landmark association agreement with the EU, the European Union, in November of uh, 2013. And if so, that would preclude membership in Russia's uh, Eurasian Union, as it's been called. Ultimately, uh, I believe the Ukraine will side with Russia, even though it perhaps will initially go with uh, the Europeans. And we'll have to watch that. But if I look at biblical prophecy in the long run, I think the Ukraine will, su will support uh, Russia and the, uh, the others over in that region. Now, there was a report in August of 2013 by the current uh, Russian president, excuse me, prime minister, uh, Dmitry Medved, and he said that because of the Eurasian integration so far, this increased trade in those countries by 40 to 50 percent, and that the people in the Eurasian Union are financially benefiting from this already, and therefore more should come together and become part of it. Also in the news in August of 2013 is that both Russia and China were taking steps to try to come up with a replacement to the U.S. dollar. They basically see the problems in the United States. They see the debt rising in the United States. They realize that historically gold has backed currencies. So Russia, which produces gold, and China, which not only produces some gold, but imports a fair amount of gold, are looking at having gold backing in their currencies, trying to get them together, trying to propose things that will come up with a basket of currencies to replace the U.S. dollar as the world's uh, reserve currency. And former uh, President uh, uh, Nicolas Sarkozy of France, when he was the president, he went over to China a couple of years ago with the intent to try to come up with a replacement with the United States dollar, and the Chinese are working about that. But what about Bible prophecy and what's going to happen? If you take your Bibles, I'm going to briefly read something from Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11, verse 40, it talks about the king of the north. In verse 43, it says, He shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver, over all the precious things of Egypt. Also, the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall follow at his heels. But news from the east and north shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go out of great fury to destroy and annihilate many. 
He shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious mountain, yet he shall come to his end, and no one will help him. Who's this king of the north? Well, we have a video you can watch. It says, can you prove that the, the beast to come is European? This king of the north here is Europe. But what's north and east of Europe? Well, there's not much that's particularly north of Europe that's got any power except Russia. And east would be, well, Russia goes all the way to the east. And you've got China, and you've got Korea, and you've got Japan, etc. So we're talking about a Eurasian power that is going to uh, do in the king of the, of the north. Now, the Bible talks about a group that it calls the kings of the uh, east in some translations. If you take your Bibles and go to Revelation chapter 16, verse 12, it says, Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up, so that the ways of the kings of the east may be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, the mouth of the beast, the European beast, and the mouth of the false prophet, is also European, to, so to a degree, at least in religion. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which goes out of the earth of the whole world to gather them together to, to battle that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed he who is watched and keeps his garments, lest he be, walk naked and see his shame. And they gather them together to the place in Hebrew, Armageddon. So the place in Hebrew called Armageddon is where they gather together. And so the kings of the east are going to be involved in this. A lot of those countries that are in the Eurasian region of the world. Now the literal translation of the kings of the east is actually kings of the sunrise. So because of this, I've concluded that this would seem to also eventually include countries you wouldn't think would be involved because they're a little more western, such as uh, Korea, uh, Japan, uh, uh, Indonesia, and some others, and there may be some other issues going on with uh, with Indonesia. But the Bible warns of a time where the Babylonian power is going to be destroyed by somebody from the north. And, if, and again, we've read about the people from the north and the east, the kings of the east, and Russia is a king of the east or the king of the sunrise as Russia border goes all the way to the far east, to the Pacific. But if you look to Jeremiah chapter 40, excuse me, chapter 50, verse 41, Behold, a people shall come from the north, and the great nation and many kings shall be raised from the ends of the earth. So we're talking about a confederation here. Somebody comes from the north, and they shall hold the bow and the lance. They are cruel, they shall not show mercy. Their voice shall roar like the sea. They shall ride on horses, set in array, like a man for battle against you, O daughter of Babylon. So the daughter of Babylon, the Babylonian power at the end, which is going to be European, is where this far north power is going to come from. And it's going to be a confederation with many kings, other countries, some type of a Eurasian confederation or Eurasian union. Verse 43, And the king of Babylon has heard the report about them, and his hands grow feeble. Anguish has taken hold of them. Pangs is as a woman in childbirth. We just read that in Daniel chapter 11, verses 43 and 44, that the king of the north is going to be disturbed by something coming from the north and the east. And the north and the east is this Eurasian power here. Uh, Isaiah, excuse me, Jeremiah chapter 50 verse 9 says, Behold, I will raise and cause to come up against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country. So the assembly of great nations from the north country, well the north country is Russia, and Russia right now is trying to assemble 
uh, a bunch of nations, including very large, great ones. And they shall array themselves against her. From there she shall be captured. Their arrows shall be like those an expert warrior. None shall return in vain. So we see, again, more warnings that a northern power is going to rise up. Now, another reason we can be fairly certain is this is a Eurasian power. If you go to the book of Revelation, chapter 9, and read verse, starting in verse 13, it says, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice of the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had sounded the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound to the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Verse 16. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red. I see it blue and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. And out of their mouth came fire, smoke, and brimstone. Verse 18. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire, smoke, and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. Well, only a Eurasian power that would include countries such as China and India would be capable of coming up with 200 million people in an army. And the Russians are trying to coordinate that right now. Vladimir Putin wants a Eurasian Union to form. He wants it to form because he wants a power block. He wants to be significant. He wants to help put down the United States dollar. He wants to have something that will counterbalance NATO as well as uh, the rising European Union. And China is interested in doing the same thing. And they are cooperating uh, militarily, economically, and they're working towards this. The fact that the Bible calls them kings suggests the final form of this group will be more of a confederation as opposed to a very tightly integrated union. But we'll see some integration occurring between now and then. The Bible is absolutely clear that the kings of the sunrise are going to get together. and They're ultimately going to destroy much of the final Babylon empire that the Europeans are going to end up building. This currently forming Eurasian Union will be a prelude to the cooperation between the final kings of the east, the formation of the 200 million man army, and the Battle of Armageddon. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Bible News Prophecy Channel.